from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hi, this is Newt. Due to the virus, I'm recording from home. So you may notice a difference in audio quality. On this episode of Newt's World, we have a guest who knows personally how dangerous it is to have the federal government decide that Washington bureaucrats will define what kind of zoning you can have, what kind of neighborhood you can have, and that they can bring the full power of the federal government to force your county or your state to cave and do what the Washington bureaucrats want. This is really a vital issue. There are bills in Congress which Vice President Biden has endorsed which would literally tie federal funds for highways and other things to whether or not your county agrees to do what they're told by Washington bureaucrats. This could mean that your house could have next to it a five-story apartment building. It means that you would literally not be in control and not be allowed to have single-family zoning of any kind. This is not some kind of threat or nightmare. This is a reality. It occurred during the Obama years and our guest today, Rob Astorino, was right in the middle of it as the executive of Westchester County, New York. And I wanted to take this time to bring this issue to your attention because I really do think this is one of the places that could most change America and most change the quality of our life and the relative amount of freedom we have. And that's why I think having Rob Astorino tell you what he's lived through so you can see how really true it is, is an important thing. This episode of Newt's World is going to focus on the war on the suburbs. 
And I am really delighted to have one of the leading experts, a genuine warrior in this topic, here to help us understand it. Rob Astorino served as the Westchester County Executive from 2010 to 2017. He was twice elected by 13-point margins. During his eight years in office, Astorino cut property taxes or held them flat every year he was in office, helped create over 44,000 new private sector jobs, and the $1.8 billion budget he inherited was the same one he left the county when he left office. This fiscal responsibility earned Westchester the highest credit rating in New York State. While holding the line on spending, Astorino also managed to preserve essential services and make new investments into childcare, county parks, open space preservation, county roads and infrastructure. Rob, it's really great to have you with us. You really did create a remarkable record and a remarkable reputation. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I appreciate the opportunity to come on. And this is a real important topic that is easy to understand if it's presented right, but it can get convoluted. And of course, race becomes the stone that every Democrat throws because they don't want this issue to be understood by people all around the country, but especially in the suburbs. We dealt with this issue, but it was a fight worth fighting. It was a fight worth winning. For seven years, you fought constantly with the Obama-era Department of Housing and Urban Development, and their affirmatively furthering fair housing rule. What were they trying to accomplish, and what was that rule? Well, go back a little bit to 2006. Westchester was sued under the 1863 Act, which basically said that Westchester did not certify correctly their housing funds that they received. This was the False Claims Act of 1863. Why would somebody go back and find an act that's that old in order to sue you? It's almost a 150-year-old act. Yeah. And Obama gets elected. We had a Democratic county executive here in Westchester. So they figured, this is perfect. We'll work with the Obama administration. Well, it turns out the Obama Justice Department wanted to put a spotlight on somebody, make them the example, and then roll out nationwide. So what happened was Westchester ended up settling right before I got into office. And this is important. There were no findings of wrongdoing by the county, no findings of discrimination, of fraud, any of that. So what happened was Westchester certified that they studied obstacles to housing, but they didn't study whether race was an obstacle. That was the whole thing. They settled the case, and it turned out that we had to spend over $50 million to build 750 units of what's called fair and affordable housing, low income, in predominantly white neighborhoods based on the 2000 census. I oppose this because when I read the settlement, I knew exactly what the setup was. This gave so many open-ended issues that we would be tangling with, and a very aggressive federal government would have a lot of say and power. I took office day one, this settlement begins, and we said, look, I don't like it. The county signed off on it, and we have to build this housing. It was a seven-year settlement. After the second year, Westchester had to start meeting certain benchmarks in number of houses uh, that had building permits and financing. So, you know, we knew we had to do this because we didn't want to bankrupt the county in fines. But 
we also knew this was not what it was about. And then we received a letter from HUD and it very explicitly said, we demand basically Westchester do things that are outside the four corners of the agreement. Meaning we know it's not in the settlement, but this is what we're going to demand that you do anyway. And it just listed all these things about new issues that Westchester had to deal with that were not in the settlement. So we kept going back and forth into federal court. We had a terribly liberal judge and it was just really bad. And, and at some point, the Justice Department threatened me with contempt and all these issues that were crazy. We're a Democratic county, by the way. As you know, Chappaqua is part of the town of Newcastle, which is in Westchester. Chappaqua has two very famous residents, Bill and Hillary Clinton, that live here. And they're part of the settlement community because it's an overwhelmingly affluent and white community. And what HUD was zeroing in on was zoning. They felt with zero proof, by the way, in fact, it had been disproven, but they claimed, and of course, the media like the Times and everybody else gleefully went along and said Westchester was segregated and bigoted and racist and all this nonsense we're dealing with today. But they said zoning, single family zoning specifically, was inherently segregationist and racist and had to be abolished. And all those kind of restrictions, like limits on height in a specific neighborhood, on density, on number of units, on number of bedrooms, on water and sewer issues, all those issues all of a sudden came into play that never were. And HUD threatened the county, took away our federal money, took us back into court, and none of these things were in the settlement. So it became a runaway federal government, Justice and HUD, led by Obama and Biden, and we were the resistance, if you will, and we stood our ground. And it took a long time, even after proving that zoning was not an issue to building affordable housing, because we were building it by the terms of the settlement, and we were building it years and decades before HUD even intervened, because every community had within its zoning codes the ability to build affordable housing, maybe not in every neighborhood, but certainly throughout parts of the town. Why do you think they picked on Westchester? Out of the 3,300 counties in the U.S., there have to be a lot of other targets. Well, it stemmed from the ADC, the Anti-Discrimination Center, which literally is one person. He made millions off of this deal under the False Claims Act. He chose Westchester. He lives in New York City, so I guess he did some research and figured, why not try? And he did, and he was successful because the Democrats, which controlled Westchester at the time, both the county board of legislators and the county executive at the time, folded. Instead of standing up for us, they backed down quickly and acquiesced, and we see what the results were. But we went in there and we said, no, I'm going to defend my community. And the interesting thing is, you know, we're a two-to-one Democratic county. It's a blue county. Politically, it was an issue that I ran on because the settlement terms were thrown at us in August of 09 when the election was in November. And of course, they were threatening, if you don't agree with this settlement, you're a racist. And so it passed. I was dead set against it as a candidate. And I won partly on this issue. I won very Democratic communities that a conservative Republican like me never would have won. And I won by 13 points countywide in a two to one Democratic county. This was a really important issue to people. 
And I won re-election in 13 by another 13 points because we were not backing down. And I had these liberal white Democrats coming up to me in Chappaqua and Scarsdale and all these areas that are very affluent. And they would look both ways and making sure nobody was checking out that we were talking. And they would whisper, you know, I'm a Democrat uh, and I don't agree with you on everything, but keep fighting hard. I'm with you on this. You got my vote. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) The president, thankfully, understands that he can help save the suburbs, which is an inherently unfair issue that the federal government is trying to throw down the throats of all of our communities. Joe Biden and the Democrats want to fundamentally change the suburbs to make it more urban by abolishing single-family residential zoning. And if anyone understands that, they would be crazy to vote for the Democrats. It is a very different suburb in America today than it was in the 1950s. Now, I think it's 40% of the residents of suburbs are non-white. And why are they moving to the suburbs? Because they want to. They want single-family residential neighborhoods. They want to buy a little piece of the earth, pay off a mortgage for 30 years and call it their home and have a nice school district, have a tree in front of their house, mow the lawn on a Saturday like like the rest of us. And that's where they choose to live. And God bless anybody who wants to do that. And the Democrats are saying it's inherently racist. Really? Tell that to the Hispanics and to the Asians and to the African-Americans who are moving in the suburbs in droves for the same reasons as whites do. They want to have a nice place to live. They choose not to live in a city. But that's not the agenda of the Democrats today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. 
Go find it now and hit follow. Do you sense that the level of violence we're seeing in New York City is actually beginning to drive more people out? Definitely. There's no question. As I tell people, the violence, the looting, the rioting, the chaos, the gunfire, it doesn't stop at the Bronx line. There's no force field between the Bronx and Westchester. And it already is creeping up from New York City into places like Yonkers, which is the fourth largest city in New York. It's creeping up all throughout our communities, whether they're more affluent or not. You've got property crimes on the rise, auto theft, which is on the rise. The violence is starting to creep up all over the place. I didn't even know this. The other day, somebody told me in Albany, the state capital, and in Troy, which is a city right across the river from Albany, they've had something like 90 shootings in the last couple of months. That is beyond ridiculous. I mean, it's never like that. But the summer of chaos is continuing, and people up here in Westchester, and I'm sure in suburbs all around the United States, if they wanted to live in the city and have the breakdown of society that's happening in our cities, they would stay there. They want to move to the suburbs because they want their children to be safe, and they expect law and order, and they pay high taxes for it, and they don't want the chaos of the city to follow them to the suburbs. You had a really direct threat in Westchester, so you could get people's attention because it was right there. What about two counties away? I mean, do people believe all this or does it just shrug it off and think it can't really be this bad? They don't understand this yet because it isn't front and center. They don't expect that to really happen. They don't want low-income apartment buildings next door to them in their neighborhood. They understand that that changes the character of their neighborhood. It changes the services that are required, which means taxes go up, but they don't think it's going to happen right now to them. So they can't see past tomorrow, let alone five, 10 years from now. But I'll tell you five, 10 years from now, when there are apartment buildings and the Washington Post and the New York Times actually took photos of what it is looking like in places like Minneapolis, where you literally have a home on one side and a three-story brick apartment building in between them. And it looks God ugly. And that's probably not what the people expected when they purchased those homes. They thought a house was going to be next to them with a couple of neighbors in it, not an apartment building. I think people have to realize that this is what's coming if they do not understand it and take action. And it can become convoluted because, of course, the first thing that the Democrats play, as I said, is race, right? It's a dog whistle. You hate minorities. It's all nonsense. And by the way, I had plenty of minorities say to me during this whole fight that I had, please keep fighting them. This is insane what they're trying to do. I moved here to get out of the city because of those reasons. So again, I think the message has to be clear. I do think it's an issue that the president in his debates with Biden can put it right to him because it's in Biden's platform. He has doubled down on the Obama rule and said, I'm not only going to take away all of your housing money, which by the way, communities use these block grants, not just to build housing, they use them for sidewalk repairs, for playgrounds, all these other things. And they got kind of addicted to them. But in the fine print, it says you allow the federal government 
to question and potentially take over some of your zoning if you accept this money. So the first thing communities should do should not take the money. But if they do, they have to understand what's at stake. Now, the president, thankfully, and Ben Carson, the secretary of HUD, they've revamped and they did away with the rule, which just went back to the original 1968 Fair Housing Act, which is about discrimination. And we understand that. And we all agree with the intent of the Fair Housing Act of 68. But all this other nonsense and definitions and requirements, that wasn't part of it. That's not fair game. They want to do away with single-family residential zoning in our suburbs. You're negotiating with people from HUD. Did any of the people from HUD live in your county? (laughs) Of course not. Not only that, but when I went down to meet at the time with Sean Donovan, who was the HUD secretary, I still remember this day. We go down to D.C. in his conference room, and he and his top staff pull out this map of Westchester. And he said, I want to know why you're not building over here. It was in the northern part of Westchester. And I said to him, do you mean in all that green and blue area? And he said, yeah, why aren't you building here? I said, well, you should talk to the EPA or the New York City Department of Environmental Protection because that's all environmentally protected area. We're not allowed to even step on that. That's watershed property. So we don't even have the ability to build there, which he didn't understand and didn't accept. And then he would say, well, why aren't you building, you know, in all these other areas? I said, because do you understand what the property values and costs are to build? And there's no water or sewer connections there. There's no bus routes there. You know what their answer was? So put bus routes there, build sewers, put water there. They had zero clue whatsoever on how not only Westchester worked, but the rest of the country works. And again, it's this pie in the sky utopia that they want to move people around like chess pieces. And I'm sure you're familiar with this. And it was a very disappointing Supreme Court decision that I think it was 2015. It was the issue of what's called disparate impact. And disparate impact was used by the Obama administration in just about every department to attack every institution that they wanted to attack. And disparate impact basically means you're guilty by statistics. You don't even have to prove intent or harm or actual discrimination. So they used it in the banking system, in the auto industry for loans, all these different things, where by statistics, they would say, well, like in Westchester, this community, let's say Chappaqua, is disproportionately inhabited by white people. Therefore, it is racially segregated. And we say, no, 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 no. You know what it is? It's called expensive. I can't live in Chappaqua because I personally can't afford a $2 million home. So I live in a community where I can't afford. And they would take this disparate impact, guilt by statistics, and turn it upside down. So if they charge you with this, You're guilty until you can prove your innocence, which is completely the opposite of how we do things in this country. And so every community would be on notice. Originally, the county spent over $6 million in legal fees before they settled. No community, generally speaking, is going to be able to spend the millions and millions and millions of dollars in legal fees trying to defend themselves on something that is basically set up where they can't win from the beginning. And obviously, the Justice Department has endless supplies of money and lawyers and the media behind them. So it it became very difficult 
I personally got calls from Rhode Island and Massachusetts and other areas where there were communities that were following what was happening in Westchester. And I got calls from Texas and Colorado and California communities and counties that the HUD was starting to march into those communities and make the same allegations and pointing towards Westchester. And they were asking me how to fight back and everything. So I gladly kind of took on the role. And I still think it is a very fundamentally important issue of federalism, local control, and not this guilt by accusation that the liberals love to do these days. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If their approach is the wrong approach, are things just naturally working their way out? Or is there anything that we should have as a system to make sure that people have the opportunity to live in the suburbs? No, I think that's a great point. And we already see it's happening naturally. And in the communities that were, quote, targeted or part of the settlement, that is the communities that, according to the census in 2000, had less than 7% Hispanic or 3% African-American, we saw literally a 51% increase in Black and Hispanic new residents by their own choice without any government intervention. Blacks and Hispanics were moving into these communities on their own because they chose to and they found housing 
that they wanted. So it really breaks the accusation that these crazy progressives are putting out there. This is what I find so arrogant, patronizing, demeaning, that progressives basically say that no minority is capable of owning their own home without the assistance of the federal government. I think that's deplorable. I really and truly do. And yet that's what they push. And they basically want to move people around like chess pieces. You know, we got to pull X amount from here and move them into this community. And this is too white. So we have to blend it and all this craziness. And the worst part of this, by the way, is when we were building this housing as part of the settlement, as part of what was dictated, we had to advertise aggressively outside of Westchester for people from Newark and Bridgeport, Connecticut, and New York City, we had to advertise to them, people in those areas, to come up to Westchester to get this housing, instead of the people within Westchester who needed and wanted this housing. And it became a lottery system against our tax dollars using other people to come in. It was nonsensical from the beginning. When Trump was doing really well before the Chinese virus, he had the lowest black unemployment, the lowest Latino unemployment, and you're actually seeing a significant larger increase in salaries for people in the bottom 25% of the country. And it struck me at the time that a lot of these problems were going to become self-resolved just because people would have the money to move to a nice place and to have a decent future, and that the real key was to ensure the level of economic growth we need so that everybody has the money to have a decent life. Totally true. I mean, a humming economy makes it better for everybody. A depression or recession makes it worse for everybody. When you bring companies or job creators into a community, you naturally have people that will flock there and they want to live there and they want to help the local businesses there. And we focused on that. And I was proud of the 44,000 new jobs that were created. I tried to set the table for businesses to come in and expand. We're the world headquarters of PepsiCo is here. IBM is here in Westchester. Many, many multinational corporations. Regeneron, which is one of the top pharmaceutical and research and development companies in the world, is here. And they wanted to come in and they expanded and more people wanted to move. And housing was built by communities with developers because the market dictated that. And people came. And they didn't come because the government forced them to. They came because they wanted to, because it was a welcoming community. And that's what bothered me the most, is that the Obama-Biden administration wagged its finger at Westchester and said, you know, you're bad. And it really turned off a lot of people, not just Republicans. It turned off a lot of Democrats. I remember, (laughs) this is one of my most fun days in eight years. I was trying to get the help of Hillary Clinton and other Democrats to push back on this narrative that the Obama HUD and Justice Department was labeling Westchester. So I had a press conference outside Hillary and Bill Clinton's home in Chappaqua, and it got a lot of attention. And I basically said, the Clintons need to help us, but they need to answer this question. Do they think Westchester is a segregated and racist place to live? And if they do, then why do they choose to live here if that's the case? So if they don't think it's segregated and racist, as I don't think it is, then they should be helping us. And of course, they never said a word. 
they, like others, I won't name the rest of the cast of characters, the elected officials, all Democrats, they didn't do a thing. And it really bothered me that they wouldn't stick up for the place that they know, that they love, that they live in, and this progressive pablum that was coming out of Washington was harmful. I was just not going to allow my county when there was not only zero proof, but they were 180 degrees wrong. What do you think would have happened if you had proposed putting one of those developments into their immediate neighborhood? (laughs) Trust me, I was looking for property. I'm glad you brought that up because you know what? Look, anywhere in suburbia, if you try to put a shed up on your property, the local zoning board goes crazy. The community goes insane. What you try to build on your own property, the obstacles you face, right? Right. Let alone housing. You try to put up housing developments and people all of a sudden, it's the not in my backyard syndrome. So this was fraught from the very beginning because we had a time ticking. We had the first two years where we had to figure out properties and then we had to hit benchmarks. And if we didn't hit the benchmarks, we were going to get fined and it was significant fines. Unlike a lot of other counties in the country, Westchester does not have zoning power. That's up to the local communities. So we would identify properties, we would pay for the properties, work with the developers, but the community had ultimate say whether or not during the planning process they would accept it, which, you know, we were kind of being held hostage. They all kind of knew we were in this together, but ultimately we didn't have the final say, which again was inherently wrong and this settlement was developed. And HUD wanted us to threaten our own communities that we would take them to court and all this other stuff and bully them from the beginning. And we said, no, that's not the way we're going to do things. We're going to work cooperatively with our communities and get this done. And we did. And I was even surprised. There was not a peep from the local community members because they did understand what we needed to do. We would not put these units in the middle of a residential neighborhood. We found places that were appropriate, that had services, all those kind of things. And they would go into the local school district if there were kids there. So, The one area, ironically, but it says a lot, the one community that went ballistic when we had a property that we found was Chappaqua, home of the Clintons. They were the ones that were giving us the most grief on putting up these units. Granted, it was not in a wonderful spot. It was right near the Sawmill River Parkway. It was not near the Metro North Railroad tracks, but Try to find a property in Chappaqua or anywhere else that you could afford. I mean, literally millions and millions of dollars for land acquisition alone, besides getting into construction costs. So they went ballistic. I almost had to laugh because it was the home of the far left progressives. It was the home of the Clintons. And they were the ones pushing back the most. One of the things to make this real, Senator Cory Booker and Representative James Clyburn have a bill introduced that would hold $12 billion in federal grants to states for highways unless they agreed to change their suburbs. And I think Biden has already committed that he would support that bill if elected president. And so you can see a whole new level of pressure being built to make people conform to what Washington wants. Yes, and they will. And I guarantee you, they'll go further than that eventually. This is money that states and communities get to pave their highways and roads. And it's an enormous amount of money that ultimately the local taxpayers would have to foot the bill. So communities take this money, just like they take the housing money. 
I don't think they'll stop there, though. I think they'll link it to a lot of aid in other departments, too. Aren't you running this year? I am. I'm running for New York State Senate. It's robastorino.com. People want to go and check it out. But I thank you so much for bringing light to this issue. People should understand what will happen to their neighborhoods if the Biden administration gets in. If you want a big five, 10-story apartment building next to you and no zoning laws, then vote for Biden. If you want to protect your property, your single biggest investment, then you got to vote for Trump. It's that simple. Listen, I wish you well on the campaign trail. This has been very, very helpful. I really admire you and I admire your leadership. And I think you're one of the guys who, if New York does recover, you'll be right in the middle of that recovery. So good luck and safe travels on your campaign. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Take care. Thank you to my guest, Rob Astorino. You can read more about the war in the suburbs on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers, and our producer is Garnsey Sloan. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. Please email me with your questions at gingrich360.com slash questions. I'll answer them in future episodes. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville.
Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes, Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network.